Good morning and welcome to Daily Devotions. My name is Israel and it's a privilege to encourage you this morning. We are continuing on with our Follow Me Daily Devotion series this week. And today we are in John chapter 20. We've been unpacking a chapter from the Gospel of John every day over this devotion series. The Gospel of John personally is my favorite gospel. It's probably my favorite book in all of the Bible also. Um, and so I've really enjoyed this and hope it's been an encouragement for you. Today we are in John chapter 20. John chapter 20 is one of the most significant chapters in all of scripture because it records the resurrection of Jesus. It starts with the resurrection of Jesus and how uh, Jesus encounters Mary in the garden and then how Jesus appears to the disciples after the resurrection. This whole concept of the resurrection is the most important event in human history. It's the most important event in our faith. You see, if Jesus didn't rise from that grave, he would have just been another good moral teacher. But because he rose from the grave, he proved who he said he was. He proved his divinity. And he proved that he is victorious over death itself. The resurrection is an undeniable fact that happened. And we got to celebrate that just a couple weeks ago over Easter weekend on Resurrection Sunday, where we celebrated the resurrection life being given to humanity, of which Jesus is the first fruit of which the resurrection we will all partake of one day. But I think we should just read a few of these passages from John chapter 20 and unpack them a little bit. John chapter 20, verses 1. If you have your Bible with you, please read with me. On the first of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the, term, to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And so Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the faith cloth, face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. And the disciples went back to their homes. So just going to pause there for a moment because I think this piece of passage actually contains a very kind of funny piece that you might have overlooked. The Gospel of John is written by John, but in the Gospel of John, Jesus calls himself. Uh, John calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved, and he just felt the need to just add into this gospel that little detail that he outran Peter and got to the tomb first. I just always think that's very funny. Verse 11, but Mary stood weeping outside of the tomb and as she wept, she stood to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain and one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, 
Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling for me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, and your Father, and my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And he had said these things to her. Then after that, Jesus appears to the disciples. The disciples are locked inside of a room, doors closed, and Jesus suddenly comes and he walks through the walls and he stands among them. You can imagine the fright they would have gone through experiencing a man suddenly walking through a wall. And the first thing Jesus says to them is, peace be with you. Don't be frightened. I know this is unexpected. As the Father has sent me, even now I am sending you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. It's a powerful piece of scripture because you can sort of see the confusion around the disciples here, around what happened to the body of Jesus, because they didn't understand that Jesus was supposed to be rising from the grave. The resurrection wasn't something the disciples anticipated would have happened, otherwise they would have been there. Mary was at the tomb only because they were going to just check in on the body and continue to prepare it with incense and oils and anointings, but they didn't expect the resurrection to happen. And I think that's oftentimes how life is. We go through tremendous pain. We go through tremendous difficulties. And we go through a grieving process, a natural grieving process. And we're sometimes surprised by the work of healing that the Holy Spirit come and does in our lives. The resurrection was an incredibly powerful moment. It changed everything. It was because of the resurrection that the disciples started looking back at the events of Jesus' life and the three years they lived with him. And they started understanding what had happened in light of the resurrection. Even us nowadays in the church, we only call Good Friday good in light of the resurrection. If the resurrection happened, we never would have called Good Friday good because we can call Good Friday good because although we remember that he died for us, we know it's good because he rose from the grave again on the third day. The resurrection life that permeates us is the thing through which we get to look back at all the events in our lives, and we get to reinterpret what our experience have been of the Lord, knowing that His healing and His restoration and His resurrection life is flowing and permeating every single part of our being. But the problem with the resurrection is that it isn't as easy to grasp for us as it was with the Passion. You see, over the Holy Week period, we start in In Palm Sunday, we walk with Jesus through his sufferings and his trials to Good Friday. It's very clearly defined. It's very clearly written about. There's eyewitness testimonies. There's multiple Gospels that write about it. But when it comes to the resurrection, we don't have any of that. There's simply an empty tomb and a few stories told. The resurrection could have happened in a way that would have made it a lot clearer, considering this is the most important event in human history, is the fact that he rose from the dead. Jesus could have rose from the dead in a way that would have made it a lot more clear, a big announcement, maybe angels calling people to the tomb to come and be witnesses to the resurrection. But the resurrection didn't happen like that. It happened in a subtle way. 
in, in a gentle way, in a discreet way. And often that is how healing comes into our own lives, not in a big dramatic event, but in a sudden realization that something has happened. And in a day by day, step by step, the story begins to unfold as we start walking out restoration and healing in our own lives. The resurrection wasn't announced. It just suddenly realized he had risen from the grave. And each one of us, as we go through life and we experience a grieving process and a trauma process, we find our healing happens not in a big dramatic moment where suddenly like, my heart is healed and restored. No, over time, over days, we come to the realization that resurrection life has come into my being and has brought restoration to my grieving process, has brought restoration to my heart. And the incredible thing is that after the resurrection, Jesus' body wasn't perfect. He still carried the wounds in his hands and his feet and in his side of his crucifixion. He still carried the wounds of the process that he went through. But rather than a sign that he had been overcome, he presented his wounds as the testimony that he had overcome it. And likewise, you might still be carrying the wounds and you might feel that you're not actually whole, it's not actually restored fully. But if you were to be perfectly honest and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal this to you, you might just find that actually your heart has been restored and those wounds you carry is not a wound that you've gone through stuff. It is now a testimony that you get to present to the world that the resurrection life of Jesus has come into your life and he's brought healing and he's brought restoration. Revelation chapter 19.10 says the testimony of the works of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And as we present the wounds of the things we've gone through through the world, we proclaim not that we've been overcome. We proclaim that Christ has overcome. And in the spirit of prophecy, we proclaim to other people who might need to go through a similar healing process that Christ has overcome for them also. And his resurrection life will permeate each and every one of them. It will permeate their being. We get to present the wounds of the trials and the tribulations and the heartache that we've gone through as a sign of God's goodness, knowing that one day as we all partake of the resurrection, like the disciples could, could, could look back at the life of Jesus in light of the resurrection, we will look back at our own lives on this earth in light of the resurrection that we will all partake of and see the goodness of, the God, of God woven like a thread all throughout the story that God has been writing with us. Amen. I hope this has been an encouragement for you. Can we pray together? Father, thank you for the incredible gift of the resurrection. Thank you that you have led us, that you have inspired us, and that you are breathing resurrection life in us. And Father, wherever we are sitting and listening here today, like Jesus came to the disciples and breathed the Holy Spirit into them and filled them with that life. Will you come and breathe your Holy Spirit into each and every single one of us right now? Breathe new and fresh resurrection life in us. And Father, give us the grace to be patient for a healing process. And in time when we need to see it, will you allow us to come to the realization that resurrection has happened, that restoration has happened, that healing has happened. And give us the grace to present the wounds of the things we've been through as a sign of your victory to the world. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Thank you for tuning in this morning. We will kind of see you again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Have a blessed Monday.